0: A very good morning to each and every one of you and a very warm welcome to those who join for our morning service both here in the church and those who are watching and listening online. You are all very welcome. Let us bring our praise and worship to God as we use the words of Psalm 145, the second version, on page 444 in the Scottish Psalter. O Lord, thou art my God and King, thee will I magnify and praise, I will thee bless and gladly sing. Unto thy holy name always. Each day I rise, I will be blessed. And praise thy name, time without end. Much to be praised, and great God is. His greatness none can comprehend. The first eight verses of Psalm 145. O Lord thy art my God and King. let us unite together in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God our loving Father in heaven, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mankind, we draw near to you today. We come with thanksgiving and praise upon our lips and in our hearts we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of worshipping you today we thank you that we have this time in our diaries we have this place in our community when we can come and worship you when we can draw near to you listen to your voice to our hearts and respond with all our being we pray that you would bless our coming together we ask Lord that you would speak into our hearts your word grant us to hear not just the voice of man but to hear that still, small voice of the ever-living God. We give you praise and thanks for such a beautiful morning. We thank you for everything that surrounds us, that reminds us of your beauty and of your glory. We thank you for the yellow fields of the plants that we will use later on for our good we thank you for the wonderful blooms and blossoms and gardens we thank you for full leaves on the trees and we pray that in our souls there might also be those signs of well-being those signs of spiritual growth. And we pray that to that end, you would use this service and your word to speak to us, to quicken our spirits, to help us to really hunger and thirst after righteousness. Father, as we gather before you, We acknowledge our sin. We cannot come into your presence without being reminded that very often we have failed you. And we come humbly seeking your forgiveness, your pardon, asking for your peace to reign in our hearts cleanse us from all our iniquities wash us afresh in the precious blood of the lamb renew a right spirit within us may we know today the joy the full joy and the wonder of our great salvation be with us here be with those who attend online be with everywhere throughout our land where your word is proclaimed lord follow with your rich blessing all that is said and done in your name accept of our thanks and tarry with us for all that we ask is only in jesus name and only for his sake Amen well young people nice to see you this morning you're very welcome and I'm delighted to be here with you such a beautiful Sunday morning nice to have the doors of the church open we don't need to close them And I want to thank your minister for the privilege and opportunity of conducting this service. But it hasn't always been a lovely summer's day like today. We had quite a stormy winter. Very stormy on some days. A couple of very bad storms happened to us. Storm Eunice was the worst storm in Scotland for 30 years and it arrived here a few months ago on the 18th of February causing widespread travel disruption, school closures although maybe some children didn't mind that and leaving thousands without power. I hope your home wasn't one that was affected. Lots of trees were felled by the wind. I noticed that not many were uprooted. Some were, but many were snapped in two many most of them I think were already dead there was a very large tree opposite our home that came down I think in the early hours of Saturday morning thankfully it didn't fall across the road but it fell into a car park and so on Monday I went into Inverness and hired a chainsaw and began to cut it up. It was dead and it was dry and full of woodworm, but it was great for the fires in our wood-burning stove and it kept Alistair happy, cleaning the chimney with good burning wood. Its roots are still in the ground, but they're as dead as dodo. Roots are so important. If you see a tree or indeed a plant, a bush, that is beginning to die, it's a sure sign something is wrong with the roots in the book of Job in the Old Testament there is hope of a tree it says if it be cut down that it will sprout again and that its new shoots will not fail and already this year I have seen that happen in a tree that has been cut down and it has begun to sprout again again And there are shoots that are coming up. Signs that the roots are healthy. As I said, roots are very important. And the roots of our Christian faith are in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we should be grounded, where our faith must rest, in Jesus Christ. All that he is, all that he said, all that he has done. And I ask you this morning, young and old, are your roots firmly in Jesus Christ? we join together to sing Psalm 103 on page 369 the first seven verses O thou my soul bless God the Lord and all that in me is be stirred up his holy name to magnify and bless, bless O oh my soul the Lord thy God, and not forgetful be of all his gracious benefits he hath bestowed on thee. O oh thou my soul. Oh God. We read God's word as it is recorded for us in Peter's second epistle, the first chapter. And we'll read the whole chapter. Second letter of Peter, chapter 1. Let us attend to the word of God. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for these qualities are yours and are increasing they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers... Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom... Of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in this body. To stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that the putting on of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father. And the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice, born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first of all. That no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we look to the Lord to follow with his blessing this reading of his word. Let us again sing to God's praise and for his glory as we turn to Psalm number 1, the first psalm, on page two hundred. In the Psalter, that man hath perfect blessedness who walketh not astray in counsel of ungodly men, nor stands in sinners' way. That man hath perfect blessedness.
1: That man. Amen.
0: Let us again turn our hearts to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of interceding. We thank you that we can fulfill the law of Christ by bearing one another's burdens. We remember before you those who mourn and those who remember anniversaries of the home call of a loved one. We ask, O God, that you would draw near and comfort them, sustain them, help them in difficult days. Remember those who are ill and whether they be laid aside at home or in hospital care we ask Lord that you would draw near to them we thank you that you are the great physician your touch has not lost its ancient power we ask Lord as we think of names and faces and some not even known to us that you would draw near to help them to bless them, to encourage them, to lift up your face, to shine upon them, and to be gracious to them. and May it please you to restore them again to a fuller measure of health and strength. Father, we pray for those who are going through difficult times we know nothing about, We pray that you would help them. That you would give light into their darkness. That you would give direction in their lostness. And we pray, O Lord, that you would help them so that they know it is the Lord who has drawn near. It is God who has been their helper and sustainer. Our Father, we pray once more for all that is happening in Ukraine. We are very dismayed that it has dragged on for so long and the reckoning is that it could drag on much longer. Therefore, we cry unto you again that you would arise that you would put the evil one down, that you would raise up for yourself a righteousness in that land. Forgive the evil that has been committed and particularly be with those who are suffering the innocent, particularly the woman and the children. Remember those refugees who have fled that country and moved into different areas. Different nations have willingly received them and we thank you for that. May they soon settle in and feel that they are valued, that they are wanted. Our Father, we ask your blessing upon us as we turn to your word. Oh, come and meet with us afresh. Shine light, divine light, upon the scripture page. Take your word, apply it by your Holy Spirit to everyone who hears and magnify your name. For we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My scripture text this morning would be a good text for the first Sunday of January. To those who are keen to make New Year resolutions... It's good for a birthday. It would be appropriate for an anniversary, whatever anniversary it may be. But it is God's word to us today. I'm fully convinced of that. It's been a couple of months since your minister asked me to conduct this service And I settled quite early on this text and I have it confirmed again and again so that this morning I am in no doubt that this is God's word to you, both here in the church and those at home. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And my text is the 10th verse of 2 Peter chapter 1. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And I take that middle phrase of the text. Confirm your calling and election. Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. And I want to treat this text this morning by addressing it with a few questions and first of all the question is is there really a need to do this if God by his wonderful grace has called us to himself if our calling is all of grace and it certainly is then is there anything for us to do If we had no input before the unmistakable call of God came to us, are we then to have an input into God's working in our souls after we have responded to that divine call? If in the great mercy of God we have been elected by God, is it necessary for us to make our calling and election sure? Are we to confirm it? If salvation is all of grace and none of works, if God's election is sure then why do we need to confirm it why do we need to make it sure wherein is our assurance of salvation Romans eight twenty nine 29 and 30 for those God foreknew He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So why then does Peter say in verse 10 Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Basically Second Peter teaches that the elect whose salvation is sure as we have just read from Romans 8 will show evidence of their election by continuing to believe in Christ, manifesting good works consistent with their salvation. Peter is writing to those who have a faith like his, He says that in the first verse, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. He is writing to the church, to fellow believers. He says in verses 3 and 4 God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil. Desires. true Christians true born again Bible believing Christians have everything they need for life and godliness we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to godly living and this is the true state of the elect so, to answer the first question, is it really necessary to do this to confirm our calling and election? Let me answer in the most emphatic, affirmative way I can yes, 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 most certainly. There is a need to confirm our calling and election. Let me give you a few few reasons why we need to do this. First of all, because of Scripture. Well, my text, 2 Peter 1 verse 10, is part of Scripture. It is a little section but a very important section in the divinely inspired word of God and if it has been included in scripture and if God says it through Peter then it is important we must do it we cannot avoid it it is not a la carte And also Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13. Now it is not Peter, but it is Paul who writes, but he is more or less saying the same thing. Wherefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure we cannot, we dare not say it's all up to God it's all his doing we have a part to play as well We are to work out our own salvation. We are to work it out. We are to work at it and we are to work it out. But I must make it abundantly clear. We do not, we cannot work for it. It is all of grace. But we are to work out what God has already worked in. We are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God takes the initiative. He works in our hearts. He works inwardly in our souls. His good, perfect will and pleasure. And then we are to work out what God has worked in. It's plain. It's clear from Scripture. The necessity of doing this. So yes, we are to confirm our calling and election. Because of Scripture. Secondly, we are to... Confirm our calling and election for our own personal assurance and comfort. Many years ago, I was in possession of a little booklet. I have lost it somewhere over the years. It was entitled Safety, Certainty and Enjoyment. And I think the title speaks for itself. Safety, certainty, and enjoyment. I have preached to those who have had no assurance. Very sad, very difficult to have no assurance of salvation. I have counseled and prayed with those who have lacked peace with God I trust I was able to help them my own dear mother as a newly converted Christian had no assurance of salvation there's no doubt that she was saved but she just did not have the assurance she was converted in the 1920's through the ministry of the renowned Ulster evangelist the reverend W.P. Nicholson but she had no assurance and she was advised by somebody I don't know who to go down and see Mr. and Mrs. Moore an elderly godly couple who ran a local post office it was about 10 minutes walk from her home and she went down to see them and told them as she went in the door they went to usher her into the post office one door was the post office the other door was their sitting room she said no I'm I'm not here in post office business I want to speak to you about assurance of salvation, and they talked with her, and at some point, Mr. Muir, Muir must have read verses from First John chapter three, the first three verses: Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And the visit ended after prayer, and Mother walked home, and she still had no assurance of salvation. And then she said somewhere along the road, somewhere in the next 10 minutes, it dawned on me as I remembered the words from First John chapter 3. Beloved, now we are the children of God. And assurance flooded her soul. And from that day forth, she never ever Doubted that she was saved. God wants every one of his true, genuine, born-again children to have assurance of salvation. 1 John 1 verse 4 These things we write to you that your joy may be full. Chapter 5 and verse 13, these things says, John, I have written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. John chapter 5 and verse 24 was a favorite text of my maternal grandfather. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life we are to confirm our calling and election because of scripture for our own peace of mind for our own comfort thirdly not only can we be sure but god himself wants us to be certain Of our calling and election. God desires that everyone. Without exception. Every one of his people. Have a certainty. About their calling and election. It is not being presumptuous. In fact, it is God-honoring. John 20 and verse 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. If you think you're saved, but you're not sure if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord but sometimes you doubt well then think of these scriptures turn afresh to Jesus turn once more to his word claim the precious promises of God and believe what Jesus has done for you and claim the certainty of your calling and election so to finish with my first question yes oh yes dearly beloved there is most certainly a real need to make our calling and election sure Second question is this then, how do we do it? How do we confirm our calling and election? First of all, by having a clear understanding of it. Are calling and election the same? No. They are distinctly different, although they are quite often linked together. (coughs) Calling and election. It may be helpful for you, it certainly will be helpful for me, if I take the reverse order and deal with election first. Election took place in eternity past. Before the foundations of this earth were laid. Certainly long before any of the elect were ever born. The election of believers took place. We read in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved two important things to remember here election took place in heavenly places it was decided in heaven who would be the elect it's not something for earth it's not something for time election took place in heaven in eternity, before the earth ever was. And it is something that took place not just in heaven, but in eternity past. So it's already been accomplished, it's already been decided election. But then if we move to calling. The calling has to do with time and with earth. It is something we respond to. The Holy Spirit in time on earth calls the elect. Calls to the Lord. And it is our response to respond to that call. This is another way in which we make our calling and election sure. I've already read from Romans chapter 8. And uh, I'll not take time uh, to read it again. But the scripture is clear. That the Holy Spirit calls Christ's people calling them to respond to their election. The second way in which we do it is by a careful outworking of it. I've already touched on this. Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13. We are to work out what God has worked in. We do this working out, and I'll be very brief with these, by mortifying the deeds of the body which war against the soul. 1 Peter 2 and 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Hebrews 12 and 1, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are to add to our faith, as Peter mentions in Second Peter 1, verses four to eight. Peter mentions these qualities one by one, and we are to add them to our faith. And this will greatly encourage our calling. And election confirmation. And finally we are to stir up the gift that is within us. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14. Paul writing to young Timothy says. Do not neglect the gift that is within you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Stir up the gift of God that is within you by not neglecting this gift this gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit by stirring him up by encouraging by living out our lives for Christ living out what he has worked in then we make our calling and election sure The bad news is I'm only halfway through my sermon. The good news is I'm leaving it there. We'll be taking up the rest at this evening's service. I encourage you, please, if you can, to come along and hear the remainder of this most vital and important subject. But whether you're here this evening or not, let me just... Re-emphasize again the necessity and the importance of being decisive for Christ and for yourself. By confirming your calling and election. Amen. Our closing psalm is Psalm 125. On page 419, Psalm 125 in the Scottish Psalter. They in the Lord that firmly trust shall be like Zion Hill, which at no time can be removed, but standeth ever still. As round about Jerusalem the mountains stand all way, the Lord his folk doth compass so from henceforth and For a Psalm one two five, they in the Lord that firmly trust. may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit rest upon and remain with you this day and forevermore amen